Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 5, Episode 4. Episode 4, Remember Me, was written by Barbie Kligman and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on October 20th, 2011. Enjoy! Today, we have a very special guest host on the pod. You know her as hashtag science with Sarah. Please welcome chemist, forensic toxicologist, PhD candidate, animal rescuer with a brand new batch of six kittens who you'll likely hear throughout the episode, ice cream expert, incredible care package maker, my friend and yours. We have the same initials. This is Sarah. Hi, guys. I'm back. Hey, 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 welcome. You haven't been on for so long. No. I did a uh, mega mix of bloopers because I kept putting them off and putting them off with editing. And I realized that you weren't in them and they were since like November. I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I know. <laughs> I I mean, I've been busy. Sounds like you've been busy, but. Exactly. Yeah, I saw the stuff that you had going on in lab and everything. And I was like, we're going to let Sarah be unsciency on the pod for a little bit yeah i i uh science rules everything that i do which is cool with me i like science i like it a lot obviously uh but it's been exhausting science for the last i don't know how long i don't know how long it's been that i've been 14 years 15 years i hate this term balls to the wall and lab but like (laughs) it's been a while (laughs) Yep. I'm tired. So what are you reading and or watching right now? I'm still reading more scientific articles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just is nonstop. Um, I've been, I haven't started them yet, but I do a lot of audiobooks when I'm in lab, which to me is still reading, right? Like, it's Yes, absolutely. Reading. Okay. Um, and I've been downloading, if you do Audible, like you pay for it by the month and then you get a credit every month and you can buy a book with your credit. So I like keep my Audible going as long as I need to, to get a collection of books and then I cancel it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. Right. So I've been collecting all of the Throne of Glass series. Uh, it's a fantasy series that so many people have encouraged me to read because of the types of books that I like. Um, but there's like, a lot of them it's like a seven or eight book series and so it's taken me a minute to collect them all once i've got them all oh <laughs> collect them all you've collected all of the cats in the whole world <laughs> yes that, that too um once i collect them all then i'm going to start them i'm excited about that and then i don't know tv shows i started the last of us and i like it but i have to be like in the right headspace for it because it's a lot given current pandemic times it's it's, yeah. it's a lot so it'll take me a minute to get through it and I swear I promised so many people I'm going to start su- succession I really am going to I, I really am going to I keep people keep telling me I'll like that too so I, I'm not really reading or watching anything right now but I have plans <laughs> I love that answer we have to you know look towards the future we're Let both planners and then I will jump back into new things. A hundred percent. I meant to text you and Jade, so I'll tell Jade after this. You know how I have like the show that I watch during the day and then I have a show to watch as I'm winding down. Yes. So I finished Designing Women, highly suggest. Some things really hold up, some things really don't. Okay. But as a whole, I really enjoyed it. And I started Living Single. 
and I'm like halfway through the first season and I am loving it. Yeah. Okay. It starts in 1993. It's on Hulu. Okay. And it's in New York and it's basically like Friends but better. Okay. All right. I'm really enjoying it. Highly suggest. Cool. Queen Latifah is in it. 2D from Facts of Life is in it. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I'm loving it. And as we know, watching Bones, and I think I've decided when I'm done with Bones, which will be like in the next couple weeks, sad face, I think I'm going to do House. Oh, okay. I I have watched House the whole way through once. It's worth a watch. Yeah, I I'm into the medical procedural aspect of it right now. Yeah. So I think I think that's next for me. Yeah, I think that's good. See, so you yes. got plans too. Look at us. Look at us, planners. And I finally, I know a few episodes ago I talked about how I was on the waiting list for Spare by Prince Harry. And mm-hmm. I'm like 70% done with it. Oh. Audiobook is the way to go. Hearing yeah. him say all of those things oh. is like absolutely mind-blowing is the wrong word. But like hearing him say these words are the like – it's the way to go. All right. Okay. I I like that he is narr. If he's narrating it, I'll listen. Do you have anything to promote? Not really, because our our study filled up the one that I was promoting last time. We got it all filled up. We got all amazing. We started another pilot study, but unfortunately, we were limiting to that to participants we already have, so I can't recruit from the public. It'll be June when this airs, but right now it's May, and May is EDS Awareness Month. So starting today, I'm I'm posting on my Instagram information on the daily about EDS and, and how it works and how it doesn't work and all the comorbidities and so on and so forth. So listeners of the future, if you wish to go back to my Instagram to learn about EDS, go back to like the first of May and you'll find a post every day. And probably a highlight in your stories. Yes. Yeah, there is a highlight in my stories about EDS. And I think... I might start doing that where I'd make a highlight for every year for EDS month because I post a lot of stuff that's not just mine, but like I share a lot of other EDSers information too Mm because I'm definitely not the only one out there. True. Yep. True. And where can we find that online? Oh, yeah. You can find me uh, at sickkidchemist, all one word, no spaces, no nothing on Instagram. Uh, yes, two Ks. <laughs> um, on Instagram, uh, I technically have a TikTok, but I don't use it. And that's it. I, I get overwhelmed by social media. So Instagram is, is where I am. You can find EDS stuff. You can find kittens. You can find. Um, oh, yeah. I guess we can include that in this. Thing yeah. Tell promote. me about the kittens you have now. Yeah. Okay. So um, if you guys haven't heard me on here before I foster neonatal kittens for my county animal shelter um and I picked up a new litter just over a week ago uh there are six of them (laughs) uh three males and three females they're three weeks old they are variations of black and gray and black striped they're very cute and I named this litter every litter has a theme and the theme of this litter is beans because I have a tendency to call them little beans, even before I decided to name them after beans. 
Uh, so we got a lentil and a lima and a garbanzo and a chickpea and a butter and pinto. <laughs> and they'll be available for adoption actually like right before this is going to air. So they should be ready to be adopted in early June. Wow. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. My friend in high school had a cat named Butters. But plural, <laughs> not just one butter. Oh, yeah, no. This one this one is, is my little butter bean uh, <laughs> that I say in my southern accent because my granny calls them butter beans. I think they have another name, but my granny calls them butter beans. So a little butter bean. But uh, I will give Sam a link to Pax adoption pet finder page so people can go look for sure will or otherwise if they would like yay and as a reminder you're in arizona but if you're in a surrounding area you can come get these little baby beans yes you can yes all right anything before we start patient breakdown i feel like i was going to tell you something oh i don't remember okay that It'll comes come to back me. As soon as you stop thinking about it, there it is. <laughs> it came. It came because you sent us listener mail about the pineapple. Oh yeah, about the pineapple. Yeah. 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 So Sarah commented because, dear listeners, I was being super sneaky and calling Jake Pineapple Guy Jake for the first couple episodes because you know I didn't want you to think he was sticking around. Like I didn't want you to know. I wanted to keep it you know, under the radar. So I called him Pineapple Guy Jake. And Sarah said... Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I'm not sure why. I don't know if they did this intentionally, but the pineapple is actually like an icon or a mascot for people who struggle with fertility and infertility. And he's a a fertility specialist. So like, again, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but that is a thing. Uh, that exists in the world so I commented on the Instagram post to let you know (laughs) yes I feel like it would have to be on purpose I feel like it would be too and I to be fair I didn't even know that until I got back in school and one of the other students that I'm friends with she does fertility research um, and she explained that to me like when she did her presentation for our whole department her seminar she had a little pineapple in the corner of every single slide and I asked her about it and she's like oh yeah it's a symbol for fertility and infertility and I was like oh That's so cool okay, I didn't know that yeah so our patient breakdown for this week is first notes and miscellaneous per usual Addison Forbes Montgomery with talk therapy Jody with anterograde amnesia. Wait, I feel like they said retrograde amnesia. They said anterograde. Oh, thank you. Anterograde amnesia and pregnancy. Zach, talk therapy. Mason Warner is in for a checkup. Okay. Scrolling down here. What's your first note? Uh, my first note was... What story is Addison telling here? Which I now feel embarrassed about because I'm looking at your note and you're like, oh, yes, I know this. I was like, (laughs) I have no idea what this story is. (laughs) I know this for a very specific reason. So there's a musical called The Apple Tree. It's great. It has three specific stories. The first one's Adam and Eve. The second one is The Lady and the Tiger. And I'm blanking on what the third one is. It's another thing like very like world renowned like it's not Romeo and Juliet or Anthony and Cleopatra but it's something like that like a big love story 
and it's act two of the apple tree. So I knew what this was and I was like, wow. So Lincoln Center, I don't think I've talked about this before somehow, probably because I started this during the pandemic and not when I was, you know, actually living a life in New York. Lincoln Center Library has an incredible resource called their archives. And I'm not trying to like give a secret away, but you need a library card, I believe, and you need like a reason for watching it. So you could be like, I'm a student doing research. I'm an actor doing research. Like I'm a director. I'm a dramaturg, something like that. Yeah. And this 2006 revival with Brian Darcy James and Kristen Chenoweth is in their archives to watch. And it is amazing. There are some really, really wonderful errors and difficulties that make the recording like absolutely iconic huh cool if you're at lincoln center another one to watch is chorus line the original because it was the dress rehearsal night so it's it's pixelated and a little hard to see but it's really great and another one is evita because it's not patty lapone it's her understudy which i i love an understudy but i just thought it was iconic how like it's evita and you think like evita patty lapone but it was her understudy cool yeah. So yeah, the Lady and the Tiger. I know this from a musical. Neat. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't know it at all. I understood it once she was telling the story, and I, I got the yeah. moral of it, and I got the yeah. But but yeah, no, I had never never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seaside Wellness mugs are here to stay, I guess, because they're mugs. They barely change the label or the font, though. Like. Yeah, they look like, exactly the same. <laughs> is that for brand awareness like you'd think that they would maybe want to like separate themselves even though it's the same doctors the same location the same everything like you yeah. think they like ocean to sea yeah. side side wellness you know like yeah i, I don't know i don't know either <laughs> someone didn't put a lot of thought into that that's for sure yeah, they couldn't hire a marketing agency for whatever reason. No, guess not. Well, yeah. they didn't have to just spend a whole bunch of money, you know, starting starting a whole new practice. I don't know. <laughs> I got yeah. nothing. Nor do I. Nor do I. Any more first notes before we move on to Addison? No first notes. I mean, like, my next note is uh, an interaction between Sam and Addison. So, yeah, no, we're, we're good. I'm, I'm done with first notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, there's something else I wanted to ask you about. Oh, have you listened to season five, episode one yet? I know it hasn't been out for very long. Yes, I did listen to it. Yeah. What did you think about what Mimi and I were talking about with them incorporating this talk therapy scene at the top and at the end of each episode to kind of mirror the monologues in Grey's? What did you think about that hypothesis yeah. I have? That was, first of all, it was an intriguing thought. I had never considered the like parallel between the monologues and grays and then the talk therapy and private practice, but it, it is, it's like a perfect mirror of it. Um, just like a different conduit, but the same idea. Um, I actually, weirdly enough, like it. Like when they did this, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice way to like tie the bow on each episode. Um, yeah. and it, it made it so that even if the stuff in the middle felt chaotic, like I didn't feel chaotic at the end. You know what I mean? Like it felt very settled because of it. So yeah, I like it. I do too. I feel like some people love when therapy is incorporated into anything procedural wise and other people really don't. I'm okay with it. 
as long as it's like because it's a it's a device right like we're talking about it in a television show so it's a device it's how we get more insight into addison's brain and addison's feelings and i think it's good i enjoy that aspect of it um as long as it doesn't take itself too seriously which in my opinion it doesn't uh i think it works it's when therapy starts to take itself a little too seriously in a television show is usually when i start to have problems with it because then it's like okay, no, this is, this is fiction. Don't, don't push it so hard, please. Like, this is not this as is how therapy is. Like therapy is, but I think it's, I like it. I like it. Me too. I like it. Me too. So far I am, I am liking it very much. I'm very glad she's in therapy with someone outside of the office. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. Yes especially with this episode and I went ahead and watched the one before this because I remembered it but didn't and how much everyone is pumping Sheldon for therapy without paying him like I am so very pleased that Addison Mm -hmm. went outside and is paying somebody to be her therapist like good 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 and plus it's actually truly objective because like we love Sheldon but he can't actually be objective. He knows all these people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he's in it with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh. I was thrown. Thrown's probably not the right word again. I was a little surprised that Sam wants to have, quote unquote, our bedding. He said, there's your bedding and my bedding, and I want to have our bedding. Yeah. Like, so are you asking her to move in with you? Like, you already essentially have a duplex. But she seems to be at your house at all times. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. It's like he was trying to make a thing out of it to like make her feel included. But then like when he did, he actually like backpedaled entirely. Like it it was weird. It was weird. And also I would like to note, are the sheets that are on the bed at the end of the episode the ones that Addison picked out? Because she said she picked out green ones and they were Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was wondering as well. I was very quick to get sheets. And wash them and put them on the bed. Because you don't put sheets on the bed without washing them. Like No, no. no you take them out of the package, you wash them, then you put them on. So, like, Sam did that somehow during the workday? Because it seems like this episode spans maybe two days. I think he definitely has a housekeeper. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I just, I always think about when, on Grace, when Joe and April were, like, April was out of laundry because she had so much to do and she was wearing swimsuit bottoms as underwear which is like cool hack right and joe was like i send my laundry out yeah we're doctors yes i just feel like sam would take care of himself in that way yeah i think you're probably right yeah yeah especially after he and naomi divorced because i don't i don't see him as being capable of (laughs) no keeping a house by himself the, the care of a woman in his life and addison doesn't seem the type because she grew up with parents who paid people to do all that stuff. So like, yeah. Yeah. I also was thinking during this episode, I'm shocked that none of them have assistants. Yeah. That's weird. Especially Charlotte. Yeah. Even just, like collectively have admins in the office, but like I would expect each of them to have their personal ones as well. Yeah. And I again, I wish we knew the admins, and I wish we knew some of the nurses. Yeah, they could really fill out the show with secondary characters that way, but but they don't. I'm gonna guess they didn't want to pay them. I was gonna say budget. Yeah, <laughs> budget. Usually, how that goes. 
I have a quote that says, what's wrong with your brain? And I don't remember who said that or to who. And I normally write that down. Do you remember who says what's Sam wrong says with your brain? Addison. Cause he, she was talking to him about, uh, she said, if, if I had this thing that the patient has and I was, Oh pregnant, yeah. Take the baby and leave. And Sam immediately responded with, is there something wrong with your brain? Cause he thought that she was talking for real, but she was not talking for real. She was drawing. Yeah. Computer. But he was very concerned still. Yes, he was. The fact that that was the first question out of his mouth made me happy. I was like, oh, good. Look at you being concerned yeah. for her health first. And then, yeah, it kind of devolved from there. He was like a tennis ball in that situation. Like in, in that scene, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going back and forth like yeah. a tennis racket. He was like, what? Yeah. I'm not following this conversation. Is this hypothetical? Is this not? Yeah, he was. So do you care if we, so like when I organized my notes, I did this Addison chunk in the beginning. And I like threw in the Jake stuff too, because Jake was in my stuff is, yeah, this is, yeah, I have Jake stuff in here. Okay. So like, in my opinion, Sam, like the whole episode was kind of trying to make up his mind about stuff, right? Well, I feel like Sam has been trying to make up his mind about stuff with Addison for like three seasons now. (laughs) (laughs) Hands on the head. Uh, and like one of the people he was trying to process that through was Jake Um, so like they played basketball right Sam and Jake were playing basketball which P.S. I saw that and was like oh my god this is like Fitz and uh, what's his face playing basketball on Scandal Scott right yeah Scott Scott Foley Foley. oh what is his name Jake it was like them playing basketball oh my god is it Jake too yeah I think so I think you're right but that's That's just funny that I haven't thought of that before these it was like this it felt like the same scene to me because in in that Fitz and Jake are like talking about Olivia right and then in this one we have Jake and Sam and they're talking about Addison and I'm like this is wild and it's like like Jake gave him good advice and in my opinion Jake gave Addison good advice and and I'm sorry, are we going to just continue to ignore the chemistry between Jake and Addison in the kitchen that Violet's Violet not. on? <laughs> yeah, Violet's not ignoring that. Amelia's not ignoring that. Whoa, buddy. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I just like summarized all of my notes about Jake and Sam and Addison in this one. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But like, yeah, no. <sighs> yeah. He says, did you just ask me if I'm going to leave you when you have your baby? And I said, ooh, there it is. He's so concerned that she's worried when she has every right to be worried. Like, the fact that he was a little concerned that she was verbalizing it was... Well, in that first part, like, he asks her that and she doesn't say it. But then by the end of the episode, when they're in bed together with the green sheets, he just looks at her and is like, say it. And she finally spits that exact concern out it's like well yeah of course she's concerned about that like she's over identifying with her patient and applying it to her situation (laughs) like here we are but also that's been my thought since she said she wants a baby and he said that he doesn't yes that is a fundamental thing yeah and that's you know that's the thing with couples in real life is like that's why you try and have those conversations early Early. in a relationship right because like if it's a deal breaker, then break the deal now so that you're not both like fully attached and having to unentangle yourselves later on. Cause yeah. it's, cause it's never going to work if you want completely different things. You know, I, 
I'm so over Sam and Addison. <laughs> yes. I want to scream every single time I see them on the scene or on the screen together because it just it. You guys know this is doomed. You know it's doomed. Can we just be done? <laughs> How'd you like my fake out in the season four finale of being like Sam and Addison are over? I'm so happy. <laughs> How'd you like that fake out? It made me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not at all surprised that Addison doesn't know how to cut a bagel. I'm not surprised. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> she was like squishing it. It can get squished. You need to give it support and pressure. You know, it's like, it's an art to cutting a fresh bagel. I am surprised though, that she lived in New York for so long and is willingly eating a bagel from Los Angeles. Yeah. I tried it once, never will again. I'll get toast instead. I it's not even a bagel. It's an it's an entire other organism. I don't know. Addison doesn't strike me as a carb person. <laughs> like you know, like a bread person. She strikes me as like if she's gonna have breakfast, she has like half a grapefruit or like yeah. a bowl of yogurt with some fruit in it. You know, so like then why is she eating a bagel now? Is she just trying to carb up for IVF? Maybe she's stress eating. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. You know, she doesn't have Naomi there right now to steal yeah. the chocolate. Yeah. Oh, sad face. That makes me sad. So I really love when they have Sam play basketball. And I love now even more that he's playing with Jake now after they played after college. Mm-hmm. I liked when he played with Dink. I liked when yeah. he played with Pete. Plus he looks good doing it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sam says to Jake, is it PMS crazy? Don't like that. Don't like that at all. And Jake, the fertility specialist who we saw so brilliantly with Bedside Manor with the woman who was trying to conceive via donated uterus. From her grandmother. Yes, from her. That's a whole. I would have loved to have you on that one too. (laughs) He says, Jake says, worse padded room hide the belts and shoelaces crazy i'm not loving this description at all it made me so mad the only thing that made me less mad is knowing that a woman wrote this yeah but still yeah it's not not thrilled my mom says all the time if men had to have the babies there would be no more humans oh yeah no if if men had to have the babies then Again, you the periods and all of it. There would be everyone could get an abortion whenever they want. Yes, there would be unlimited access to cramp medicine. There would be no more cramps. They would find a find a way to fix them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have paid time off for periods. We'd have exactly. Yeah. Yeah, all of it. All of it. There's no way that, as a general practitioner, Sam doesn't know about what women are like on fertility drugs and like. There's no way he doesn't know that. And it kind of makes me annoyed when they try to act like, yes, if it's a very specific question, like something with the brain for Amelia or like urology with Charlotte, like fine. But it, when it's a very general question like this on on Grey's, on private practice, on like any of these doctor shows, when they act like they never went through medical school and residency yeah. or have ever known a woman before. Not to mention that, I mean, I'm assuming they're like me and they keep their useful textbooks if you didn't remember it, you could look it up. Because, like, fertility drugs follow a very, like, basic recipe 
having to do with the endocrine and gonadotropic system. So like you could riddle it out. If you're smart enough to be a doctor, you could riddle it out. (laughs) And since you started saying really big words having to do with science, (laughs) input jingle here, science with Sarah, take it away. Okay, so uh, as I am science with Sarah, I had to find, you know, a thing to talk about for this episode. And we don't really have a whole lot of patients, but we do have IVF. So IVF, if you are unaware of like what it stands for, it's for in in vitro fertilization. In vitro is just a term we use in a lot of different scientific applications to describe a process that's being done outside of the body in like a test tube or a petri dish or so on, like an artificial environment. Getting fertility treatments, like getting IVF, actually requires a pretty complicated series of medications, some of which you take together, some of which you wait until you get to a certain stage and take it, so on. One of them, the first one you start with, is actually an oral contraceptive, so it's birth control. But you know, a lot of people are like, wait, you're trying to get pregnant and you're on birth control. But like, birth control is meant to prevent fertilization of an egg with sperm or prevent implantation of that embryo into the uterus but it also regulates your cycle which is necessary for IVF treatment like you got to know when the eggs are forming and when is a good time to implant the eggs and so on so usually they start with oral contraceptives and then once they do the oral contraceptives they do a drug that actually suppresses the natural ovarian cycle which is the cycle that produces eggs Again, that sounds counterintuitive, (laughs) Um, but they do it so that they can control the cycle instead. So rather than the body going through its normal ovulation cycle, they will actually stimulate it to happen. Um, They do that by blocking communication between the ovary and the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. That system is known as your HPG axis. It's one of your um, systems within your endocrine system. It's how hormones communicate with one another. It's how you know to release estrogen or progesterone. It's how your body knows how to produce those things or to go through ovulation, so on and so forth. Once you like block that communication and you're blocking the natural production of eggs, then they come in there and stimulate the production of eggs with follicle stimulating hormone which is just a synthetic hormone fsh Um, yep fsh that's exactly it and fsh is actually what they test you for when they do a blood test to see if you're pregnant uh they check your fsh levels because if you're pregnant your fsh levels drop because you're not producing eggs anymore because your body's like oh i already got something going on down here i don't need to make more (laughs) Right. Uh, So they give you FSH and that should stimulate the formation. But once you like stimulate that formation, you have to get them developed enough. So they give you another, it's actually a natural one. They, They extract it from animals and people that will move it from like follicle to egg in ovulation. Then they go in there and collect the eggs and then they fertilize them in a Petri dish. Which we've uh, seen Naomi do before yeah, on. We've seen yeah. Naomi do it. Yeah. Yep. She, she actually like injected the egg with the sperm. Yep. And they will, that's now an embryo once it's been fertilized. They let the embryo um, multiply a couple times, like cell cycle wise. So it'll go from one cell to two to four to eight. 
um, until it gets big enough to be what's called a blastocyst. Uh, so that's like a collection of cells. And they'll give you more drugs at that point, progesterone, to get your body to thicken the uterine wall. So the endometrium to make it a nice, happy, cushy place for the embryo. And then that's when they implant the embryo and it should sit right in that nice, cushy place. And then you're off to the races with your pregnancy. Ta-da! So yeah, IVF is in every single one of those things that I mentioned comes with a whole slew of side effects. And so IVF is amazing, incredible. Lots of people have been able to conceive that way. It's great, but it comes with a lot of risks for sure. Um, and so I'm kind of glad in this episode that they, they didn't downplay it. I mean, yeah. they kind of poked fun at the like mood, moodiness part of it, which bothered me. But like, it's it's serious business with a lot of side effects. And so I'm yeah. glad that they didn't downplay it at all. But yeah, and I didn't really even go into the fact that like IVF is made even more complicated by every human having different natural baseline levels of these hormones. So figuring out dosing is really difficult and we all metabolize them differently. And so that makes the dosing even more hard to parse. And so it's a process and it doesn't work for everybody, but, but yeah, there's your, there's your science with Sarah. Science with Sarah. (laughs) Input. The jingle. Science with Sarah. Hooray. Thank you. That was awesome. Hopefully it makes sense. <laughs> it did. It made sense to me, so therefore I think anyone could follow it. Excellent. <laughs> I, I I knew the main parts. I didn't know all the steps, so that is super helpful. So that is what Addison's going to be going through for part of this season, we think. Yep. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what um, Meredith and Derek went through with Meredith's hostile uterus. Yes, that's, yep, remember Derek would give her injections in her butt in the elevator. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that is the FSH? <laughs> that was probably the FSH. Yeah, I'm going to say that was probably the FSH. Um, And if you remember, she, one of the side effects she ended up having was like... Dizziness and like her eyes were... Yeah, and she like couldn't see. Like she was yeah. having problems with blurry vision. So again, like the side effects can be really serious. So Oh, yeah. It's kind of a scary thing. Yeah. So the music at the end, underneath that tender moment with Addie and Sam ready to go to sleep in the bed with the green sheets, mm-hmm. the lyric timing is everything keeps going and going and going and going. And the song is great, but the lyric timing is everything. I feel like doesn't work for the two of them because Sam and Addie's relationship timing, like timing doesn't, timing isn't an issue. The issue is that he used to be married to her best friend and... <laughs> And she wants a baby and he doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, he wouldn't have wanted a baby, I think, ever. Like, if Maya was four, if if Maya was 12, Mm -hmm. like, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't – there's no world where they wouldn't have had the Naomi of it all hanging above their relationship. Agreed. At the end in Addison's talk therapy session, when the therapist asks if she was the princess, if she would have picked the lady or the tiger, she picks the woman and she says, I've seen that and it's cruel. And I couldn't help but wonder, is that Derek and Meredith or is that Mark and Lexi? Both. Or even Mark and Callie, both, yeah. 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 I do think she'd pick the lady. I do not think she would pick the tiger. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, 
Love is wanting the other person to be happy, even if that means they can't stay with you. And I said, does that mean there's no more Addisan now? God, I wish. No more Addisan? <laughs> Please. All done. All done, Addisan. Please. <laughs> That's all I've got for my girl, Addie. Yeah, me too. We're recording so ahead of time. I'm not even going to bring up Addison on Grey's because she'll probably be back again before. Yeah. Quite possibly, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> on to Jody with Anterograde Amnesia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Did I say it right? You did. Okay. Anterograde Amnesia, saying confidently this time, and pregnancy, and Zach with talk therapy. She's reminding me of the wife in the ball gown on Grays when they kept having to tell her her husband died after oh the and the burned it at peter's episode yes yeah and the burned it at peter's episode yep that's the one yeah yeah and it reminded me of izzy after brain surgery oh yeah <gasps> but both of that. them yeah i mean it's both amnesia but it's yeah. i think yours is better yeah izzy comes too eventually yeah she does yeah yeah, that uh, is heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, the no, whole the whole thing is just heartbreaking. Yeah, and I mean, we can't even really have a science with Sarah about this because they don't know what causes it, so we can't explain what causes it because they don't even know. And yeah. It's so sad. It is sad. I just like, I mean, it's it's heart. It's like kind of heartwarming that you get to see her get excited about being pregnant over and over and over and over again. And it seems like very genuine, obviously. Yeah. But then you're just like, Oh my God, this dude, like he has to just explain stuff all the time. And like, he's very good at centering her, which yes. is lovely. Like the stories he tells about how they met and like, he's doing the best that he can, obviously, yeah. but it's just, it's heartbreaking yeah violet says sheldon did you tell zach to leave and take the baby like violet do you have what like did you tell her to? Uh, but then sheldon bats the ball right back to her and he says like this is my patient i'm going over like i'm going all over all of it and he goes and you're very sparse notes i was like of course violet's notes are crappy of course they are, because she keeps it all in here. Uh-huh. Which is not good. <laughs> no. I just, uh, I, the one thing I have to give Violet and Sheldon in this whole thing, when they apologize to each other in the hallway, it's very adult. Yes, <laughs> at the end. I appreciated that so much. I was like, oh, look, two therapists who know how to talk to each other. <laughs> but then yep. obviously it all devolves from there, because Violet is Violet, so... Yeah, we have our first amazing Amelia quip of the episode. Oh my god, all of Amelia's lines this episode. She had like six lines and every one of them was perfection. Banger. (laughs) They're in the in the break room at Seaside Wellness. Yeah. And she says I love you, Addie, but you're not really going to preach on the sanctity of marriage, are you? And Amelia's little face crunch is like, you sure? You sure, babe? And Addie goes, rude. <laughs> sisters, sisters. She also says it's like living with a parrot. And I was like, oh, God, Amelia. I know. I was thinking. It was like, Amelia is mean. <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah. That Woof. part. Rough. I have another Sheldon one. I should have done these by character instead of in order. 
I'm certain he would have told you if you hadn't confused your own convictions with the patient's needs. Sheldon didn't just summarize Violet in one line. (laughs) Yeah, he read her. Like he Oh yeah. It's not a that's not not only a read, like that is a read. Like he read her. No, he really did. Good job, Sheldon. (laughs) I feel bad that most of my notes in this section are not about the patients, it's about the doctors. I mean, because they made it about the doctors. We got, I mean, we got to see the patients a little bit. I have a couple other notes about them where, like, when Addison goes over to their house, that, you know, Violet guilted her into going over to the house and talking yeah. to Zach, which drove me nuts. And he, like, does that thing with her that's so cruel and obviously oh, ends yeah. up distressing her to the point that her water broke. Like, I, I was sitting there just aghast. Like, wow okay, you're going to repeatedly tell her this very distressing thing. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I texted you this as well, but I thought this was a big character on Bones because I'm watching Bones right now. But he's actually an NCIS. He's a really good friend of, he's a really good friend of Ziva's. So I was like, oh, and he is an Israeli actor. So he's also on Bones. He is on Bones, but he's not <laughs> Aubrey. I thought he yeah. was Agent Aubrey. Yeah, no, he's not Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. there's a section when Violet says so I'm about to overstep and I said at least she's a little bit self-aware and I loved hearing her say that yeah I mean self-awareness is the first step to fixing it I guess but like I'm about to overstep but I'm gonna do it anyway yeah Uh, the thing that probably made me the most mad about Violet with this patient is like so when she comes in, because her water broke and she's in labor and whatever, Violet is very good about like having her touch her bump and being like, yes, see, you're pregnant, you're having a baby, whatever. But then like she is interfering with Addison, trying to talk to Addison to get her to get Zach into the room. And Amelia is there while this patient's blood pressure is through the roof, the ICP is rising, and yet Violet is going to spend time arguing with Addison about going and talking to the husband. I was so mad. I was like, this is a critical event. Like, could we yeah. not waste time on, like, I just, <laughs> it drove me up a wall. <laughs> I was I was about to smack people. Um, and I was like, yeah. Ultimately, it's good that Addison went and talked to him and got him to come into the room. But, like, that's not the only way you could have calmed that patient down. I'm sorry. That wasn't the only way to do it. So, um, whatever. (laughs) I was also confused, like, because is she in the delivery room as support, not as a doctor? Because she can't be in there as a doctor. Yeah, she should have been there to begin with. Well, absolutely. But she's in there because, like, the patient doesn't remember most people. Yes. Which, I guess. But again, she doesn't have a license. So like, yeah. And she, she shouldn't very, be in the hospital at all. Really acting as her therapist in that situation. You know, yeah. whether she was her therapist or not, she she was acting like it. So, yep. She shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been in the room. She probably shouldn't have even been in the hospital. <laughs> like, she, yeah. you know, overstepping lines once again. Mhm. And at the end Zach says, "I'll stay until I can't anymore," which like okay but you now have a child and what about his memories yeah because if you stay until for two months five months whatever but like if it's like two five years yeah 
Yeah, ultimately, you know, I'm going to sound like a jerk saying it. If he's going to leave, he needs to do it within the first two years. Oh, yeah. So that that kid doesn't remember. You know, like, that sounds really bad. But, and, like, I get why they have the character saying the things that the character is saying. Because, I mean, ultimately, he is trying, he's trying to protect the kid and his and his own sanity, which, in a way, protects the kid, too. Because he can't yeah. be a good dad if he's out of his mind about this his wife and and her her memory issues but like there's just no good (laughs) there's there's no good outcome in this whole scenario i was so mad the whole storyline that he didn't have some sort of help yeah he had hired help if he had someone who was like a regular nursing aide whatever that was coming in that could be more of that center could be someone that could come and have the like training and skill to do it I feel like he would not be nearly as stressed or overwhelmed and would be more likely to stick around yeah but you know those things cost money so true healthcare in America <laughs> love it love it here okay Anything else for our patients? No, that's really all I got. I didn't really have a time for them. Yeah. Mason Warner with a checkup. I got so excited when Mason was here. (laughs) I like didn't, like I know the episodes, but I don't necessarily remember like which number is which event. Yeah. And so you told me 504 and I went and watched 504 and, and then Erica and Mason were here and I was like, Oh, I get this. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Yay. I'm excited. Because <laughs> I love this kid. Yeah. Oh, I love Cooper says, kid. he's a mini Cooper. And yeah, I nearly was... died. Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, of man. course, there's Pokemon cards. Of course, Cooper does a magic trick. Yes. And so I just feel really bad for Cooper in this whole situation. Like... Ugh. He would have stepped up and like, sure, that means that we wouldn't have Cooper and Charlotte, but like Cooper deserved to be with his child when he was a baby and he deserved to see his child grow and hopefully he will now. But I don't know. I just and I'm not putting the onus on Erica, I guess, but I just and I appreciate that in the episode, the the writers did not like demonize erica for her decision either Mm -hmm. like he really did a nice job of saying yep she was in this situation and this is what she did and she thought it was best and no one really criticized her for it except for charlotte but i mean i get it i get why charlotte was being defensive i mean charlotte's angle was more like protecting cooper yes you know i think that if cooper wasn't involved I don't think Charlotte would have copped the same attitude. Oh, like if this was like Pete or something, it would have been totally different. I think Charlotte was just copping the attitude because she was trying to protect Cooper, which like, can we talk about how often Cooper and Charlotte talk about the fact that they're married now? I know. It was in every scene. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's just their newlywed thing that they're doing or what, but it's, it's funny to me that they talk about it so much. (laughs) oh man i loved the scene where they the boys were all talking about cooper's kid and then they texting. texted the women and they were all talking about it. the way they cut it together was so good yeah i yeah. loved it 
I also like that I like that Jake's office is a place where people are hanging out now. Yes. I like that too. It's yeah. Cute. <laughs> yeah, it's real cute. The boys have a place to go hang. Yeah. I just assumed that the blood that he took would include a paternity test. Like, I get why he wanted to wait, and I like the way that he said about he's never seen a blood relative before, and he wants to just live in the fantasy of it for a minute before it is maybe not true. But I just assumed that that blood that he took was for a paternity test. I mean, when she mentions that it's been a while since he had a checkup, I assume that the blood work was like routine physical blood work. That's, yeah. that's what I assumed. And then Charlotte said later in the episode, she took some of it for a paternity test. And I was like, all right, yeah, that, that checks out. That makes sense to me. But, but I mean, you, you do routine blood work even on, on kids sometimes, especially if it's been a while since they had a checkup. It's always a good idea to do it. De- no, yeah, definitely. But I just thought that he was going to add it to the panel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it sounds like that's what Charlotte did. Yeah. At 12 minutes and 50 seconds, Pete's face is mocking and rolling his eyes as Cooper is telling the story in that scene that we love. And I just love that he's continuing that anger train that he's on. And he's he's mostly giving it to Violet, but he's like, oh, come on. He's He's just so angry. Pissed off teenager. Like, yes. Honest to God. That's what he reminds me of right now. Yeah. He's like Um, angsty teen. And and since we're talking about those scenes in particular, Amelia had another banger. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think you're going to say the same thing as me. Go to say it, say it. You might kill the kid. <laughs> Violet says, would it kill you to be his other mommy? And Amelia says, it might kill the kid. And again, Addison gives her a death stare. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Charlotte in a later scene says, I chose Cooper. And that means taking whatever comes together. And after that, Charlotte tries to be supportive after coming to the realization that she chose Cooper for better or for worse. Yeah. I'm not going to say she was thinking at it kind of selfishly at the beginning, but she was including herself in a situation more than she was including Cooper. And then afterwards, I think she realized herself that it's a Cooper and her. It's a it's for Cooper. Yeah, I even have a note that, like, it seemed like she was trying to be supportive with him in that scene, but, like, I got passive-aggressive. <laughs> like, it was supportive in a way that she was shoving down her own feelings to support him, and I'm like, okay, that's that's not how you're supposed to do it. Like, it's you, not you super healthy. And you talk about your feelings. <laughs> like, you, you do both. I think... I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to think that she was going to do that later, which yeah. again, like, yes, you should be able to do it at the same time, but he did that for her for a lot of season four. That's very true. Yeah. So. That's very true. Yeah. But, but then she goes out and has lunch or coffee or whatever it is with mm-hmm. Erica and hands her a check and I was screaming at my TV. I forgot that happened. Charlotte. You don't do nah. But it's not the first time though. What was that? It's not the first time. She gave Cooper a check to be in the co-op. She just writes checks. Well, and like to be fair, the thing I do have to appreciate about it is they don't like draw it out. Like it's nice. Everybody is very adult about it, where like she hands Erica a check. Erica confronts Cooper immediately, and Cooper immediately confronts Charlotte. I'm like, good. Look at us talking to each other mm-hmm. about our problems. Imagine that. 
<laughs> I was selfishly worried that it was going to go on for a couple episodes. And I was like, I can't. The way yeah. that we're diving into this, like, I can't have this hold it over Charlotte's head for this many weeks. No, 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 no. That was a really unfortunate decision that Charlotte made. Mm-hmm. I can kind of understand where she's coming from. But still. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Just no. Um, I'm glad that it shakes out the way that it does. It's definitely not like concluded at the end of this episode because there's still seethingness bubbling under the surface for Charlotte. But the fact that we've now confirmed that this is Cooper's kid, for sure, for the paternity test, we know it. I'm hoping that means Charlotte will move forward (laughs) into a different emotional momentum. (laughs) I love that Sarah's suspicion. Oh, yeah. Well, I love that. I can only suspicion so much since I've seen. (laughs) I know it's rough. (laughs) My last note about this storyline is: Cooper says to Charlotte, "Are you jealous that Erica gave me something that you won't?" Yikes! (laughs) Leaving that there. Yeah, too rude, don't you? Yeah, Ruby has something to say about it too. She said, uh, "She said, don't talk bad about Charlotte." But well, sometimes, sometimes Charlotte screws up. We love her. We love her to the moon and back. But but sometimes she screws up. Sometimes, yes. And this was one of them. Yep, we're only human. On to miscellaneous kiss. Pete says to Violet with malice intent, "Do not tell me how I feel." It was hard to watch Pete this episode. Like, last episode, the last few have been rough, but this one was, like... This was peak pissed-off Pete. Wow. Yeah. That was quite the alliteration. Peak pissed-off Pete. (laughs) Sorry. I love it. I love it. I like it. (laughs) That was rough. Again, I get where he's at. And, I mean, Violet even says it. She says it and objectifies it, but... She can't fully objectify it because she's violent. Um, She's like, he's in anger. She's telling everyone that. He's in anger. He's in anger. And it's like, yes, Violet, honey, but you can still be hurt about it. (laughs) And I'm also, like, not entirely sure what he's grieving. Like, his health, his youth, his safety. Like, I... I I mean, so as someone who has had to deal with life-altering health issues and like acute problems you grieve a lot of different things it's you you grieve an able body you grieve a change in you know your lifestyle because you have to like completely change everything about yourself um you grieve like this feeling of invincibility right like which he definitely had yeah i mean yeah Again, he was healthy. He ran all the time. He ate really good. He worked in the ER. His mission work, his, right. or not mission work, Doctors Without Borders, like his traveling. Yeah. I just wish that they would have said that. Like whether it had been Sheldon or Violet couldn't have, but maybe Violet was in a scene with someone else explaining it. I just wish that they would have explained what he was grieving. Well, and with, with Pete, it's even more complicated because it's like, yeah, he's dealing with the fact that he just had a heart, heart attack, but also he's dealing with Violet's crap. Like, he's dealing with her 
having her license suspended and her not being able to do the work that she loves anymore and how I'm certain that house feels even more claustrophobic because she hates having to be there and not being at work. And so like there's layers to it, right? Yeah. Like I, and it, some people default to different like emotions when they're grieving, you know, they hang out in one stage more than they hang out in the others. Um, and it may just be that Pete peaks in anger <laughs> um pissed off pete yeah pissed off pete peaks in anger because <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean it everybody's a little bit different i i have a tendency to spend entirely too much time in anger but i don't take it out on everybody else <laughs> i keep it in my brain like you know it doesn't seep out into the rest of the world like it does with pete um yoy, yoy, yoy. uh it it was pete was rough i like Sheldon kind of putting him in his place. Yes, I appreciated that. Someone needed to do it. And I think it was good that it was Sheldon because, yes, of the group, he would be the most objective, right? Yeah. He would be the one who can, who can intellectualize the situation a lot better than anyone else. And bringing up Lucas's happy home mm-hmm. is so smart for yeah. Sheldon to do. Like, he's getting to the age where he'll maybe remember things now. And we came into that in the first episode of the season when Addison was asking like, what is he going to remember? How is this going to affect him? And Pete wouldn't want his first memories to be fighting. No, absolutely not. Especially given Pete's upbringing. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, no, that was a smart way to go about it for sure. And usually that's, that's how it is with like parents or adults who have kids around is like, if you bring the kid into it, humanize the situation put it into the perspective of that child then everybody usually is able to kind of come around a little bit better or at least try to you know yeah pete was wondering if his relationship with violet was ever good just like the rest of us i mean yeah i don't remember (laughs) your face good (laughs) because i don't like like our like they had sex and and then Violet went through trauma and they had a kid and then she like wrote a book and went on a book tour and then he had a heart attack. Like I don't remember them ever having a nice relationship. That's the thing. They were happy for like a minute when they first yeah. were together. Yes. And then it turned out that Violet was also with Sheldon. And right. then exactly. even like at their wedding, they weren't really that happy. No, they didn't seem like it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember them ever really being all that happy, so it must not have lasted that long if it existed at all. Yeah. I was kind of shook that they made me feel bad for Violet in this episode, which it's hard to do at this point. Yeah. It's very yeah. hard to do. <laughs> yeah. She said, for one minute, be my husband and take my side. And Pete was like, whoa, what caused this? Like, he was like 15 years old. As if he can't remember how he's been acting all season when Violet is finally pushed to her breaking point. And then when she was talking to Sheldon, she said, he's not just angry. It's like he hates me. Because he does. Yeah, she says, I'm afraid to breathe. And then later... Pete does say that he feels yeah. like he hates her. Uh, so unfortunately, my note says Pete feels like he hates her. We all kind of hate her. Direct your rage elsewhere, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Switching gears just like a bit. Yeah. When's the first time you remember kombucha? I've never had kombucha. The first time I remember, remember it in like pop culture 
I want to say when I lived in Texas, so anywhere between 2014 and 2019. <laughs> but I, I want to say probably early in my time of living in Texas. Yeah, I remember I was in rehearsal and somebody brought it to music rehearsal where you like sit around with the music stands and the piano and I was like what is because like I could never drink carbonated drinks for a music rehearsal that just is not how my system works like a good idea (laughs) no but I was like what is that and there was like the little squeegees at the bottom and I was like what is that yeah and that would have been like 2012 2013 but Pete is drinking kombucha at five minutes and 19 seconds he's on the cutting edge of the kombucha journey which again tracks for him yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've never had kombucha because I don't want to mess around with live cultures. My belly is already screwed up all on its own. Yep. I love Amelia for calling out that Sheldon also needs support. Yes. And all of them are always coming to him, but who does he go to? Yeah. I haven't realized until this watch that, like, they don't give him enough to do. Like, he is just, like, the sounding board for everyone. Yeah. And he deserves to be more than that. Again, I appreciate very much that Addison went elsewhere for therapy because Sheldon. Exactly. <laughs> and I appreciate that Amelia recognizes it. Called out, yeah, what was happening. Yep. And asked if he needed support and like gave him a space to vent a little bit. Yeah, sober sober Amelia is kind of mean, but also very observant. Yeah. Yeah. Three days sober. Three days sober. Hey, that's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Three days sober is better than three days drunk. <laughs> Amen. She's been both. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. Do you have any more miscellaneous guys notes? Um, oh, I did make one parallel that you'll appreciate. I said, wow, Pete is being really mean, but also he isn't wrong <laughs> with some of the stuff he's saying about Violet. This yeah. whole thing makes me think of Nathan and Haley when Nathan gets injured and can't be in the NBA on one trip. Come on, One Tree Hill parallel. That's a great parallel. Oh, that's. And if you want me to repeat it without that spoiler, I can. (laughs) So that you don't have to cut it. I don't know if you care. Uh, I think we're fine because it's not in the. It's been out for long enough and it's. It's uh... For more than 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But yeah, is there right now on the Drama Queens podcast, they're in season five. Like season five, episode one, two. So like we're right there. We're in it. Finn is in wheelchair crap. So yeah, as soon as I watched this, I was like, oh wow, this is exactly. Oh my gosh, I love the Drama Queens podcast. It is like the only official podcast that I listen to. What they talked about at the end of season four. (sighs) Oh my goodness, I already had so much respect for Hillary Burton. Hillary Burton Morgan. And like I knew stuff was bad because you kind of heard stuff back then, but I guess I I didn't necessarily realize just how bad it was. The extent. Woof. Oi, oi, oi. And like with Daniil and um, <laughs> even Daniel. Sophia Bush, it was, it's all just so icky and gross. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just respect all of them so much. Same. And I'm sorry that they had to go through that to make yeah. this show. And it is bonkers to me that they are strong enough mentally and emotionally to be able to go through episode by episode. Relive all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that it's healing for them in a way to revisit yes. this thing they created that was wonderful despite what was going on in their personal lives. You know, like I yeah. hope I hope that that's healing and not 
and not reintroducing trauma. I agree. I agree. My last note, and this was another little like light bulb that went off in my head. Jake has three sisters, we learned. Derek had four sisters. Mark was raised by Derek's family. Sam is surrounded by women in his family. I think it says something about Addison that she gravitates to men who are surrounded by women and sisters. Yeah. I I don't know. I just had that realization. Huh? To be with a man who has been nurtured and knows how to nurture because she wasn't. She was never nurtured with her family. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that Derek really knows how to nurture, but no. it seems like Jake does. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was a particularly loud screech. Who is that? Of course it's you. Of course it's you, you little screamer. Oh, my goodness. Hello, baby. The loudest of the bunch. Always the runt. This is Chickpea again. Chickpea. Chickpea is the runt, and the runts are always the loudest. So that's that's my last note. Sam's style for the episode is Charlotte's olive green, mustard yellow. I couldn't decide if it was olive green or mustard yellow. Fitted dress. Mm -hmm. She has a multi-strand gold necklace and gold drop earrings that, like, don't match but go together. Mm -hmm. She wears it in her office and then at that fateful lunch with Erica. And... The peacoat that she wore to the police station is back, and that previously won our Sam style, so I just wanted to mention it again. Wow. Okay. Wow. It is a very pretty peacoat, and it looks very nice with that dress. Who's our guest star spotlight? So I decided to do our guest star spotlight. I wanted to do the guy who played Zach, but but then I was reading about AJ Langer. So AJ Langer is the actress who plays Erica Warner. Uh, She was born in Columbus, Ohio, but was raised in L.A. She's done private practice, the Drew Carey show. Wow. TBT. (laughs) TBT. Polter. She did a Poltergeist movie, uh, Touched by an Angel, and Baywatch and Blossom. And then the one that I'm going to highlight, because I watched this show because Kristen Russo was nuts about it on Buffering the Vampire Slayer. My so-called life. Oh yeah, and she played Rayanne, who was not the lead actress, but like the supporting actress, this wild teenager, and it blew my mind because I was staring at her during the whole episode, going like, "I've seen you in something. I've definitely seen you in something." I could not put my finger on it, and then when I read that in her IMDb, I was like, "Oh, you were Rayanne. Oh my gosh, you were take thirty years away, and you were Rayanne." Like, wow. like it just just go look at pictures and you'll you'll see you'll understand because she looked very different as that character her hair was like down to her hips and dark brown and really wavy um but but it's her and you hear her voice and just immediately know it so yeah aj langer that's that's our guest star spotlight this episode wow you're right you see what i'm talking about <laughs> oh wow yeah like the character I, she put this ring in could be this woman's daughter. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, dear listeners, if you are intrigued by this and you look it up, there are some spoily-ish yeah. photos in the Google image search. Yes. So maybe go through IMDb for that. I would do that. Yes. Yeah, I really liked Degrassi when I was. Oh. too young to be watching it mm-hmm. and so my so-called life was like 
they were like, oh, you like Degrassi, you'd like this too. So I, yeah. I, I watched it a very long time ago, but it has been on my list to rewatch. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, it was cute. It was cute. I, yeah. I didn't quite understand Kristen's obsession with it because it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but I watched it. So, yeah. You know, it's only two seasons. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. even. Well, short. Yeah, no, it was two seasons, but they're short. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Trivia. This episode scored 6.38 million viewers. Kind of a lot for this season. Good job, friends. Goof. When Cooper was drawing Mason's blood, he withdrew the needle and then undid the tourniquet. This is very bad practice and would, at the very least, cause an extremely large bruise to form. Yeah. That was not so smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, oh. I was expecting it to be like he didn't. He did put pressure on it, though. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he did. But but that that can only do so much. That's more to make it stop coming out of the skin than it is to like stop it from bruising underneath the skin. Yeah, so, you know. Kathleen Rose Perkins, who plays Jody, also played Sarah in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Sarah only one R though, so not you. <laughs> Okay. This is in season four. I remember this patient very well. It's is Izzy's patient in the clinic when she's a resident. It's like one of the first resident episodes. And Sarah, aka Jody, thinks that she needs to end her pregnancy because she's HIV positive and doesn't want to expose her child to that. But Izzy explains to her how she can have the baby safely regardless of her status if she wants to. Yep. And I remember that being like, a big thing because what would that be like 2008 9 I yeah. remember that being like a big deal that it they explained it in that way and it was good that they explained it because that is in fact the truth so yes are there any of Sarah's suspicions that you can share with us I know we get it's hard with the spoilies of it all but so maybe we can go at it at um do you have any like favorite moments from season four or that you because this is your first time on season five that you want to just like highlight favorite things that have happened i will just reiterate my excitement that benjamin brad is here yes was <laughs> i don't even know if we were recording yet or we were because i think we, we talked were. for a while before we started recording so i yes. my brain was yes yeah, so you're a benjamin brad fan please let me reiterate my excitement that benjamin brad is here because i really like this character and i really Benjamin Bratt. I just I just think about him all the time from Miss Congeniality and it just it makes me really happy. (laughs) He's so nice to look at. And I just like his character too. Like, especially after this episode when we got like a bunch of backstory on him and where he came from and how he worked really hard to put himself through college and like take care of his sisters and so on and so forth. I I like this character. I'm really glad that that awful beard goatee thing is gone like it better now it was doing him no service whatsoever <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah ratings and mvps okay i'm gonna let you go first on the rating because i forgot to make one so i'm gonna have to come up with one in my head that's so fine let, that's let's do it took me a minute but it sometimes okay. they come to me and sometimes i'm just like i'm pulling this out of thin air okay my mvp is amelia Because she's three days sober, we know how much she struggled with that. She's asking Sheldon for his thoughts Mm -hmm. and his needs. And honestly, her little remarks in the group group scenes, I love those. 
I think my MVP might be Jake. Okay. He he handles Sam and Addison both so well separately, despite what we know are feelings he has for Addison. I'm sorry, he has them. And oh, just, yeah. Uh, he just does. <laughs> you can't watch that bagel scene and think that they don't, you know. So I, I would pick him because he does such a nice job of handling that rather delicate situation, giving them both very sound advice despite his own interest in the matter. So, yeah. That's a good pick. Okay. I thought about giving it to Sheldon, but I think Amelia's got it. I I just want them to give Sheldon something to do. Yes. Because he's a series regular. So why does he have to be the vehicle for the rest of these stories and he can't have his own? He had one episode or like maybe an episode and a half where it looked like he would maybe have some sort of and he didn't okay my rating i'm actually really proud of this one okay i had to look up what it was called but um like the stilts of the pier are called pillings it says Mm -hmm. so my rating is weather scars on the pillings of a pier the waves keep coming and coming and coming with all of the salt and all of the debris that comes with it and it starts to show on the pillings jody and zach are breaking from it Sam and Addison are starting to break from it. And when Pete sees that his actions are breaking Violet, he decides to switch gears and lead with kindness. At least for now. Alright. I can see it. You should be proud of that one. That was a good one. I like it. Thank you. Um, The best thing I can come up with right now is like an afternoon summer squall on the beach. So I go to the beach every year with my family. Go to Destin, Florida, which is like the northern panhandle. It's on the Gulf. And without fail, every afternoon we go for a week in June, there's like a huge storm that rolls through. Like, oh, Florida? Yeah. In Florida. And it like comes in and it blows itself out and then it's gone. And so I'm I'm more likening that to to Pete. Honestly, mostly to Pete, a little bit to Charlotte because of the way that she's been handling this Mason thing so far. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's blown itself out now. So yeah, that's that's the best I got on short notice. <laughs> no, I think that's a great one. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I know these ratings are hard, but I feel like consistently everyone's are always really good. We're trying. Yes. You set yes. the bar very high for us, but we're trying. <laughs> I have a lot of practice. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. And you can follow me at Sitka Chemist on Instagram. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show and we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a member of our patron community at patreon.com slash BHAB podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing private practice season five, episode five. It'll all be five by five, friends. They're available to stream on Hulu and Amazon and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. 
If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT. We're ready for credits. Okay, awesome. Okay. (laughs) With the chorus. I'm obsessed with it. The chorus along. I might not even have to put the theme music under here. I wish I oh, I wish I had the talent to put our theme music to meows.